This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Support for Armchair and the Saints Happy Hour podcast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you using on your balls. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code armchair. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast featuring Dave Cariello, Andrew Juge, Ralph Malbro, and when he decides to show up, Kevin Held. We are the perfect blend of saint sincerity and stupidity. I want to point out that you asked Kevin a football question just now, and I feel like I was in Bizarro World where he, he knew the schedule. He had knowledge of the next two opponents. Kevin, he, did you watch the game? And now here's your host, Ralph Malbrook. All right, everybody, welcome to the Saints. Happy Hour Podcast. Are we already having technical problems, gentlemen? Well, yes. I didn't, we didn't hear the open at all. You didn't hear the open at all? No, and you sound like you're no. in uh, You sound like you have white noise in the background. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, well, let me just stretch over here and turn off... How's that? Is that better? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, that was a grand opening about how Kevin didn't see the game, and you people are talking over it. We are the most professional Saints podcast there is. Uh, we have. So wait, so you can hear us? I can hear you guys fine talking over the open. <laughs> people oh, are going to be. Can, can you can you play a sound uh, clip real quick? I just want to see if we can. Hear it. Can you hear the yeah. train? No, we didn't hear it. You didn't hear the train? Mm. Yeah, we, we can't hear any of your... Whenever you turned on the banana meter or started the recording or whatever, we can't we can't hear any of your stuff. Yeah, It's a tough break. I wonder who's... They hear the, they hear the train. 
okay well that's good i guess that's that's comforting so so i don't know um i don't know what the uh what the heck is going on but anyway uh the saints defeated the tampa bay bucks 34 to 17 uh which is good but we have we have a myriad of serious football topics to discuss and as usual we have Kevin Held here and he is the preeminent football expert in America to break it all down for us Dave guys send Dave pray, thoughts and prayers he is having the death flu uh, so he couldn't join us tonight um, so hopefully uh, Dave will get better uh, that's the breaking news siren that apparently Andrew and Kevin can't hear but Andrew I have breaking news. Jameis Winston just threw interception number five. Yeah, I, I can't hear you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, now I can hear you. I don't, I don't know. You kind of got buried. I, I heard. I sort of heard um, the the breaking news siren there, but uh, I, I think you said that Jameis Winston threw another pick. That's that's the only thing I can guess you just said. <laughs> yeah, I did. So. So in a game where where the, the, you're gonna people, I'm gonna miss Jameis Winston so much when he's gone because this is gonna be his last year in Tampa because he's just an abomination and terrible. But I'm gonna miss him so much because he Kevin he never disappoints nearly because he's a horrible human being. He's done horrible things off the field to multiple different women, so he's easy to hate and loathe. And he combines that with playing terrible for a division rival. I think he might be my most enjoyable person to hate on, even more so than Cam Newton. Like, my hate for Jameis Winston is pure, and it borders on rage every now and again. Yeah, I think Winston's Winston's more hateable than Cam Newton. Uh, I, I it's a question of boy that that'd be that'd be a good uh, a good round of 64 tournament, the most hateable non-Saints players. Um, yeah, Roddy White's in the mix. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, like, right now, Jeez, like, man. do I hate do I hate him more than I hate Julio Jones right now? And yeah, I, I probably hate Jameis Winston more than Julio right now. But do you yeah. hate him more than Adrian Peterson? Ooh. No. No, there's no, there's no, ooh, there's no debate. There's none of that. It's, it, that's, no, not happening. Uh, I, I mean, and also Jameis, he just, as I have the, the, the people in the live stream see, see his face, he just has a face that you just want to slap in the mouth. Even if he wasn't a bad person or whatever. I just want to punch him in the face, slap him in the mouth. Um, but this game, Andrew, before we get to the um, fun and the nonsense about uh, different things, we need to break down a serious football topic, and that is Sean Payton's nipples on the sideline are out of control. Like, his, his man boobs are... They're they're just I mean he could cut glass with those things, and Kevin, it's a ser- I think it's a serious issue. And now that he's engaged, shouldn't his fiance like pull him aside and be like, dude, you gotta you gotta clean that up. Like his nipples are, they're borderline FCC. The thing is, like he's wearing 
a hoodie too, like a thick cotton hoodie. It's not like he's rocking, you know, the dry fit t-shirt where, you know, obviously that's going to show based on what he's working with. You're going to see that pretty easily. It, it, we're talking about like a cold, thick cotton hoodie. <laughs> I know. like You know what like, I'm saying? Like it's like it's piercing through it. Do you? Do you feel like, do you feel like Kevin, that his nipples could be classified as a weapon since they can cut through that hoodie? <laughs> I don't it's know if I would say weapons, but you, uh, you know, he might be able to finagle a a, a heist at a, at a jewelry shop after hours. My wife. My wife was horrified by the nipples. Like she was just taken aback by them in a way that. Well, I mean, here's here's the thing, Andrew. I feel like, I feel like with with Sean Payton's nipples, the one thing is we see all these people on Saints Twitter breaking down film of like throws that Teddy Bridgewater should make, right? And he's like, he needs to make this throw and that throw. But I don't see the film nerds doing important work. Like, they don't analyze. Like, when Sean Payton's nipples are, like, fully erect and, like, a horrible scene on the TV, do the Saints, does the Saints offense do better or worse? Like, when his nipples are, 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 are out there for all the world to see, are the Saints better or worse on offense? That's the yeah, kind of – they calculate the hang time of Thomas Morstead's punts, but I don't see him calculating the circumference of his areolas. Yeah, like, like, how do the Saints? How are they on third down when Sean Payton's nipples are in full bloom? Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. I, I want to know when, like, on first down and second down, I'd like to know the difference between the success of the play based on how much his nipples are showing in that situation. <laughs> first versus second down. I'd, I'd have to know that first, but. I mean, the thing, the thing with Sean Payton is, it, it's kind of what you said. Look, he, he's engaged to a younger woman now. And my thing is, we've already done Blue Chew. We've already done, uh, what was the other? Manscaped, uh, which was man, the We've already done Manscaped. Yeah, like we, at this point, like th- this podcast needs some sort of slip-in or some sort of thing that can protect Sean Payton and have his nipples not show as much through like his shirt. A, like a pasty? Someone, like a someone, man, like a man yeah. pasty? Like a, like a masty? Well, I mean, I already see a lot of these soccer player guys wearing, like, the sports bra now. Have you guys noticed that? Like, they rip off their jersey, and they don't have, like, a full <laughs> compression shirt. It's just, like, just for their chest now. It almost looks like a bra. you guys seen that in soccer? I have seen that. I have seen that. You don't well, see him I mean, ripping I'm, off the shirt as much because probably because they're wearing a sports bra and they don't want anyone to know. Yeah, I mean that's That's I what mean, Sean Payton needs. Well, no, the, the also the uh the uh the uh the Saints thing <laughs> <laughs> My my dad just said in the chat he said I missed the the nipples. I must have been watching the game. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Juge, come on, man, watch the game. I mean, like a, like a, like a, like a. I don't know what you would call it, but it's like a little, like a little pasty that like a, like a stripper would wear in like certain states. Like they can't, they can, they can, they have strip clubs, but they can't show the nipples, so they wear the little pasties. They need those for men, you know. Uh, 
We so haven't Ke- ruled out that this is the reason Dave is so ill. <laughs> Kevin, would you pay for PFF if they had a yards per nipple analytic? <laughs> um. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no, but I would pay if, no, nah, never mind. I'm not even gonna attempt that joke because it just it was it wasn't gonna work. Um, no, I'll just say I'm not gonna pay yards per nipple. <laughs> Did you have a joke so offensive? So offensive, you were worried that it was going to, uh, going to, going to uh, cause us trouble. <laughs> no, I, I just I was trying to think of something that just was going to be a uh, a cheap way to transition to the manscaped ad, but uh... well, no. But speaking of uh, speaking of of cheap but effective guys, remember the days when you were ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with FDA-approved active ingredients in Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works, giving you a boner and making your nipple able to cut glass. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full or empty stomach, and since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confident where it, where it counts, my wife just made a really rude comment. Now Blue I... Chew is fast and easy to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness except for the crippled guy reading this ad. They're made in the U.S. and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we have a special offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. Use the special code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 in shipping. Once again, B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code ARMCHAIR to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster way. And we thank them for sponsoring this shit show of a podcast. You guys your were confusing effects, me being we, we, silent. We hear, we, hear, we hear him perfect now, your sound effects. I don't know what happened, but I don't know <laughs> what was going on at the beginning, but I think we're good now. How about we that? Perfectly. That was yeah. perfect. <laughs> your dad said Ralphie Advert stud. Um, so listen, now that we've gotten the serious football talk out of the way, I guess... And the nipple talk and the yards per nipple out of the way. I guess we can talk about the actual football game. Uh, Andrew, I think the people need to apologize to PJ William. You cowards. They made fun. They ripped his ass all week on Saints Twitter. And that dude played great and made himself a shit ton of money. Yeah, Eli Apple and PJ Williams both, man. Um, corners are expensive. They're both on one-year deals. And... Uh, yeah, the Saints are going to have to pick which one they want to retain. I mean, I think it's Eli Apple probably between the two. He's probably the more expensive one. Um, but, you know, yeah, a weird thing happened with P.J. Williams, and that's that, you know, he really struggled at outside corner. And 
then he got another shot to play and he started yeah. playing a little bit at, at nickel. And then, so then everybody got this bright idea that, Oh, well, he's just a nickel corner. He, he can't play outside. He, he's just a nickel guy. I always thought he was actually built to be more of an outside guy because I mean, he's not one of these quick twitch. I mean, if you look at like CJ Gardner Johnson's size and his, his twitch. And I, I just think he's way more suited to be a nickel corner and just the way he's built and pj to me is more built based on the way he supports the run and his physicality and his size um you know and i I mean you saw him get roasted earlier this year by kenny stills out of the slot because he couldn't run with them and so i i just think he's actually better suited to be on the outside and i think sometimes people just tend to remember that last time he did that and assume that he's terrible at it but you know, I, I think as he's gotten better and more comfortable and developed some confidence playing at nickel, uh, I I think that's kind of made him better as an outside corner, but basically made him a better player in total. And now he was asked to go outside, and I think he did an admirable job. And I, I think, you know, once again, I, I just think sometimes we're, we're so quick to judge these guys and, and write off the possibility of improvement or a guy just the light coming on, figuring it out. Because the thing is, with P.J. Williams, he's always had the size, and he's got decent speed, and uh, he's got great physicality, tackling technique. So sometimes it's just about these guys putting it all together. And, you know, by no means am I saying P.J. Williams has arrived, but um, let this be a lesson to those of you that were killing him on Twitter. I mean, <laughs> I, I think he's a decent player. He, he, I think he has been for a while. And I'm stupid. I'll go back to what I said last week, which is crazy to me. I was always really down on this guy when everyone was ready to like make him a top five corner in the NFL, and he, he had he hadn't even played down for the Saints yet, and they were ready to put him in the Hall of Fame, and and I was like, that's ridiculous. This guy, well, let, let's wait and see what he can do. And now I feel like the it's swung completely the other way. Well, here's the interesting thing, Kevin, that I always and 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 I want your perspective on this, is, you know, corners for fans seem to, like, they're bad moments. Like, we remember them for fucking ever. But, like, Teron Armstead, he had the flu last week, and we excuse him for that. But he sucked ass against Dallas, right, Andrew? And fans sort of never, like, remember bad offensive linemen performances, or 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 we forget them easily for players that, aren't just terrible all the time like a Charles Brown. Kevin, why do corners, like their uh, bad uh, moments, uh, are burned into our memories forever? That, the one exception I make to that is Zach Street. Fans always killed him too. Yeah. But overall, weak. Kevin, why do we – why? Why do we hate corners so much? Like we remember, we can name the – we can name the – we could go – we could do a – literally, we – did a didn't we do a, a bracket of the of the worst Saints corner ever or the best one ever? And yeah, the worst, the worst one ever. Like if we did that for an offensive lineman, people would be like, "You can't do this for a month. This is boring as fuck." But corners, people hate them and remember them forever. Why do people do that with corners? Um, because it's usually big plays that. A- that occur and big plays tend to stand out. Um, like, think of how many, like, think of how many big plays Fred Thomas was given up, and then think of how many big plays Jason David gave up, and then yeah, think of true. how, 
you, you know, like you're also thinking about the secondary. Think of think of just how ineffective uh, a guy like Kevin Case Vaharn was at his job. Damn, he drops Case Vaharn and he still hasn't said Brandon Browner. <laughs> right, well, brother, I was going to get there. It's like you I know, picked I mean, the wrong week when I'm funny. Even before I love the- all that, you, you, you think of Toy Cook, Toy and, then, Cook yeah. and then you think of all the penalties from Brandon Browner. I mean, thank you. It's it's that that shit stands out more because it's it's big play. It's it's a home run ball, and and it, and in Browner's case with the penalties, it's okay. He's given up these, you know, it's these deep passes or it's these passes, and then he gets penalized for it. So he either already got beat and gives up a penalty anyway, or he makes a stupid penalty on something that could have been defended. I don't yeah, know. That, that's a good point. I mean, the thing with corner is, Andrew, the Saints are – they have a really, really nice group. And, you know, even Patrick Robinson made an appearance – yesterday and did some interesting things he was the weird thing was 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 it crazy or was he blitzing all the time yesterday <laughs> they were blitzing him a lot i mean in fairness they blitzed von bell they blitzed cj gardner johnson they were blitzing dbs i don't know what they saw on tape or whatever but they Dennis saw james winston being dumb and they, they wanted to try binging, to confuse him they were binging on corner blitzes all game long like I, I think Dennis Allen may have developed a fetish. Yeah, the one thing that, uh, by the way, people, you should pay the ten dollars a month so you get Andrew's written grades. He grades every player, every play for every Saints game. Uh, the one thing that you noticed that I didn't really know, I, I asked you the question, and I asked him on Twitter, why wasn't Marcus Davenport playing a lot? You broke down the film yesterday. There's something concerning going on with Marcus Davenport that you saw breaking down the film explain it to the people well he's got a if you watch it he's got a huge contraption on his left arm huge huge brace and i wouldn't have thought much of it i mean ryan ramchick's been playing with a huge brace for two years now um but he he his snaps were limited so that was the first thing i saw trey hendrickson get way more snaps than he normally does uh, subbing in for him and so that, that was a little strange. And then, so then I looked at his pass rushes more closely. And then there's one bull rush where I see him kind of bury his head into the left tackle and he's pushing him backwards and he's doing it with one arm. Uh, he's really just pushing with his right arm. And he's so athletic that, I mean, he's, it's not a good pass rush, but he, he's not getting owned either. You know, it's, it's kind of a neutral pass rush, but he's not using his left arm at all there. And so I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. Obviously something's wrong there. And hey, I didn't draft him game, in fantasy. He, sh- if he's only got one good arm, I didn't get, I didn't put any stink on Davenport. Yeah. You can't blame Ralph. <laughs> uh, but then there was another play where he kind of spins around and there's an open lane and Jameis Winston runs into that open lane and he had an opportunity to stretch his arm out to kind of try, at least try to put an arm out to try to slow him down or grab him, and he doesn't do it. And that that was one of those scrambles that Jameis Winston had where he got like 10 yards. And that that was the most concerning to me because I was like, wow, either he doesn't trust it because it's injured and he just, he just can't do it and he's afraid he's going to like tear his muscle worse if he sticks his arm out. or he, So it's either it's a fear thing or – 
he really can't move it. It was and a either... jump to conclusions. <laughs> I want to jump to conclusion. Kevin, do you think he has arm cancer? <laughs> um, no. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. That just the the awkwardness of the question just really caught me off guard. I apologize. <laughs> um, the pass rush was <laughs> the pass rush was really good, Andrew. The the one thing that I think we need to discuss another serious football topic and why people come to this come to this podcast um, is let me pull this up real quick as we've uh, well Andrew talk about the, talk about the pass rush I've got to I've got to pull up a soundbite for something I want to talk about but t- talk about the pass <laughs> rush being better than what it was last week and also Sheldon Rankins looking pretty good. Yeah, Sheldon Rankins uh I mean first of all his name was called for roughing the passer but at this point I'll take it cuz he he's been <laughs> so dormant. Uh, I'll take anything I can get from him but the Saints only had two sacks on the stat sheet. Uh, I think it was one and a half from Cam Jordan and then they got another half sack from Von Bell I guess but um when you look at the pressure they were constantly putting on Winston, he was either getting hit, he was getting hurried. Um, so the stat sheet only shows two sacks, but I thought it was one of their better games in terms of just consistently beating the Bucks front, and it was forcing Winston into getting the, rid of the ball in a lot of bad positions. The four picks. Breaking here. news, Winston just threw another interception. <laughs> All right, now I got the, I got the thing. Kevin... That's the X-Files music. People that listen to this podcast, they know what that means. It's time for the uh, semi-annual Drew Brees Arm Truth Report. And they had two plays in this game, back-to-back throws to sideline passes to Ted Ginn. If Arm Truth, if Drew Brees Arm Truth or Porn was a thing or a category on Pornhub that you could select, those two plays would have been it. So... Kevin probably both have a hundred percent rating. <laughs> hey yo. Uh, so, Kevin, are we two more Drew Brees bad throws from Arm Truther? Drew Brees Arm Truther reaching a level of it's time to play Chetty Bridgewater, or at least gas up Benson one to get him to Venezuela to get him some goat blood, or. Uh, and the ligaments. And the ligaments, yeah. Uh, I think I think if it's three more in a single game, then 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 you're gonna listen to the uh, to the Bridgewater uh, calls come up. But I I, I don't think uh, I don't think that's gonna gonna happen. I I I can see more people getting mad if Drew makes interceptions like I, I don't think it's going to be yeah. underthrow or anything I just think it'll be interceptions that'll do it and speaking of Pornhub somebody tweeted yesterday that the the Saints were edging the Bucks in some st- <laughs> and I was I was immediately like wait a minute now what's going on what, what's happening the Saints are doing what to the Bucks yeah. <laughs> I, I have to agree with Kevin I, I do think that um you know, in terms of just Breeze, unless he's making mistakes, well, first of all, 
the, one of the main complaints that people had about Bridgewater was that he didn't push the ball down the field, right? So if Breeze isn't doing it either, I, I don't really see what going to Bridgewater would, would do to I- improve off what we're getting out of Drew. So that, that's the first thing. But secondly, well, Breeze, I mean, I, I think that the... I feel like I'm taking crazy pills! I, I, don't, I feel like the deep ball is gone with him. He, he's not even trying to throw it anymore. Um, you know, people criticize Teddy for being checked down tre- Teddy, but he, he's checked down Drew. And, you know, he's throwing, <laughs> he's throwing short passes to Michael Thomas. He's throwing short passes to Alvin Kamara. And, you know, I mean, there was like the 30-yard reception by uh, Jared Cook. So, like, hopefully, you know, sometimes hopefully you get some plays after the catch. Michael Thomas had, I think, a 40-yard gain, and most of that was after the catch. So, you know, I think that's how the offense gets big plays out of the passing game now, and, and it is what it is. But here's the thing. The main difference I see between Breeze and Bridgewater is while they're, they're both throwing a lot of short passes, and I talked about this on our postgame, Ralph, I just feel like Breeze does the short passing better because the locations on his balls are always perfect. So, you know, he may be throwing a short pass, but he's hitting Alvin Kamara perfectly into his outstretched hands in stride where – and there's a big difference, whereas, like, maybe if Teddy hits him j- just right in his gut or just slightly behind him, and it's a catch either way, but the yak, you know, the yak is three yards, you know, where it's second and four instead of second and seven. So those little nuances, they make a difference. And that's why, like, exactly like Kevin said, unless he's turning the ball over or making mistakes, I don't see anyone clamoring for Teddy or any change ever being made. Well, no, I, no, hope, no, no. I hope I hope Drew Brees is using yeah. Manscaped uh, uh, and getting 20% off to, so his balls can be dead-on, accurate, perfect. We continue, Kevin. Just well, no, to... I was going to say, so wait a second. So you're telling me that, that, Drew, that Drew Brees is no longer able to throw an extremely deep ball? Uh... I'm not ready to categorically say that, but I mean, I, I think there's a reason why we're not seeing him push the ball down the field. Okay, you need to the stats. I don't. I don't think he has the must. I don't. I mean, I don't think this is a, a hot take. He, he doesn't have the mustard he used to have. Okay, I just want to make sure, as I was told, acquitted by. Intelligentsia by a lot of very smart people who I know follow football and who I know know all the quarterbacks on every team. They're the back, the third stringer. They know them too. And I was under the impression that every single quarterback employed in the NFL can throw a ball 50 plus yards to any wide receiver at any given point. Are you talking about Breeze? I mean, I'm just about any quarterback in the NFL. I was, according to Twitter, uh, every quarterback currently employed by the NFL can make a 50-yard pass. I mean, Mm. I don't know about that. I mean, I I feel like... I'm trying to think of other quarterbacks. That, well, I, Trubisky can't because he's just—he's got that sling on his arm, and he's just fucking god awful. He couldn't. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not sure Trubisky can complete a ten-yard pass. <laughs> Ryan Pace in the in the Bears in the in the press box or whatever—he looked so sad last night on 
on on uh, on NBC. I wonder if he just thinks, I can't believe I drafted that fucking guy over Mahomes and Watson. Oh, uh, thank you, Allison, in the chat for reminding me of this. I mean, I feel like we're completely bypassing the whole thumb deal. Like, we don't know how much that's affecting him at this point still. And, I mean, I, I remember when he came back, someone asked him, you know, are you 100%? And he's like, well, no, I'm, I'm not I'm not 100%. I'm like 70%. And I was like, ooh, that's not good. But he <laughs> said – but he was like, the thinking is that I'm no more – or less injured than anyone else that's playing right now. So the the thinking is that I I'm, I'm good enough to play, I'm good enough to feel like I can play well, and I'm going to need three months to heal fully. But we're not going to wait till that because then it's you know the season's basically over. So you know I was going to come back when I felt like I was ready, and you know I'm banged up just like other guys are banged up this time of year. So there's no doubt that his thumb is going to be an issue probably for the rest of the season. And so when we talk about the Drew Brees arm truth or stuff, like how much of this thumb is exacerbating his ability to push the ball down the field? It's a reasonable question. I mean, I feel like Kevin, I feel like his, 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 his deep ball accuracy and all that is going to come to issue when they're going to play a team that's going to be capable of making him have to throw the ball down the field and that that worries me but is it a case Kevin where we just have to kind of accept the Saints offense for who they are right now in the sense of we're used to the scoring the fun of Kansas City you know another team where they score a ton of points and all that and the Saints now in 2018 they just aren't that anymore you know and and we just kind of have to learn to accept this offense for what it is that it's really not going to change it's not going to like become anything different these last six weeks and we would be better off kind of accepting them for who of for what they are and not expecting some sort of giant change in six weeks yeah but that would only that would be reasonable and would make sense ralph (laughs) (laughs) you got me there that is the worst idea i've ever heard in my life tom Yes, yes, it's horrible. This idea. You know, you you nailed it though, Ralph. I, I mean, it, it really. This offense is what it is. And again, this isn't. I'm repeating myself. This is another thing I said in the post game. Yeah, well, if people don't get the post game unless it, they pay seven dollars a week a month. That, that's right. So they not, half of you haven't heard this, but if Latavius Murray gets hit in the backfield for a six yard loss, which which happened in this game, or if Breeze gets sacked, which happened six times against Atlanta. It happened once with Taysom Hill this week. Or if the Saints get a penalty, holding penalty, false start, the drive's over. Like, I just feel like this offense is very much three yards here, four yards there. You know, it's very methodical, and it's it's built to have long drives where hopefully they're converting on third and shorts. But this offense is not – the saints of the past and they're, they're just not going to convert third and more than seven. They're just not. So if there's penalties, if there's sacks, whatever, then you might as well resign yourself to the fact that the saints are going to punt. It doesn't mean they're inept. It doesn't mean they can't score points. It doesn't mean they're not good. It just means they're somewhere between ninth and 16th best in the league. They're not a top five offense anymore. 
And guess what? The defense is so good, we can still win the Super Bowl with that. Kevin, I was thinking today as I was I saw Michael Thomas's projections for his year for 2019, and he's projected to catch 150 balls for like 1,825 yards. Which, if Michael Thomas is 2019, yeah, I think he's on pace for 160. He's on pace to uh, beat Marvin Harrison's record. Yeah, one Marvin Harrison's 143. Michael Thomas. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so he's on pace for 150. But if Michael Thomas's 2019 was a person. It would be the 28th best receiver in Saints history uh, all time. So, Kevin, my question to you is, let's say Michael Thomas hits the projections of 150 catches for 1,825 yards. Is it the best single-season achievement in Saints history? And I know Breeze has all of his 5,000 yards in 2011, but 150 fucking catches and 1,825 yards – would be some ridiculous historical shit. So, would it be well, the yeah. best? Would it be the best individual season in Saints true. history? No, no. no he, way. I think I think he would have to. I think he Get would have to here hit with that, Ralph. <laughs> yeah, he would have to hit. He would have to get two thousand yards. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. That's what you're telling me, but Andrew. He have, yes, he would have to catch two thousand yards. In order to maybe be top four uh, greatest uh, Saints single season achievements. Well, what would it be? It would be Breeze 2011, Sproles 2011, Peak Deuce, and what? Like what no. else you got? What no, else? No, I, I mean I'm no no no. I'm thinking. Wait, like are we talking like? Oh, so wait, so we wouldn't count the, uh, we wouldn't count Drew getting the consecutive games. No, because that wouldn't be like a, it's just, you, you pick like. Okay. I would put, I would put both of Drew's seasons where he broke the Dan Marino record above that. And I would probably put. The deuce, uh, well, deuce well, year. What about what about what about Dalton Hilliard, nineteen eighty nine? Yeah, that's in there. The safety the, we don't like to talk about in mixed company. Pat's Pat Swelling and Leroy Glover both had seventeen and a half defensive sacks. player of the year seasons. Yeah, yeah. Joe Horn had sixteen hundred yards one year. I mean, it, it's Joe, definitely Joe Horn. Joe, like seriously though, Mike Thomas, like he's left Joe Horn in the dust. If you're talking about single seasons, because like he's ten games in <laughs> right now for this year, and it's already the seventh best season for a receiver in Saints history. Like if he doesn't play another game, if he doesn't play the last six games of the season, it's a top ten season in Saints history. He, he's already number seven. He if he catches one more pass, he's up to number five. His nine-game season was equivalent to Marcus Colson's 2009 season when the Saints won the Super Bowl. Like The most catches Joe Horn has ever had in a season was 94. He did it twice. You know what Michael Thomas has right now? 94. <laughs> I mean, is it a, Kevin, are you a little bit concerned that Michael Thomas is the whole goddamn passing offense, it seems, a lot of the time? 
Yes, I've been concerned about that. <laughs> I've fucking been concerned about that. You know what? I'll be concerned about it when someone fucking stops it. <laughs> you say that now, and if the fucking Saints, if the Saints make the playoffs, and I know I'm saying if, but, you know, if, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, the Saints make the playoffs, and they get fucking doused in, in, that, in the first game they play, because somebody finally decided to have the bright idea to try and lock Michael Thomas down and they're successful. And Drew Brees is held to like, you know, a buck 97 or whatever the fuck. And the Saints lose because they couldn't find Michael Thomas and they had to rely on, you know, Stonehenge, Ted Ginn and, you know, yeah. and Arnold. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, we, we might be booking a flight to the Greenbrier to find you. <laughs> Well, I just want to remind people we booked Kevin a flight to New Orleans on December 14th. So, people, you only have about a week left to RSVP so you can get your free T-shirt. So, do it. Book your RSVP to the live show. Tracy's December 14th. Join us. We're up to 103 P. Three people, I think, Andrew said last yesterday when he gave me the number. I'm not sure. But it's a lot of people. It'll be a lot of fun. So do it. RSV, get your free T-shirt. Yeah, um, you can have a beer with us. Also, yeah. uh, can we talk about how the hell Nick Easton was good in this game? That was my next thing because I was uh, – Andrew, I was uh, all prepared for uh, – to get the clap and get it very, very hard and, and a lot – but we didn't. We got Nick Easton instead, and he was amazing. And people were saying just he was a free agent disaster. They set $4 million on fire. He looked amazing. So my question is, he's looked great this way. Why hasn't he, been play- why hasn't he played before at tackle or, or other places? But he looked amazing yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I just wonder if maybe the thing – so – I kind of assume like everyone else that maybe he was just a bust, you know, maybe he, he just didn't have it, but yeah, I don't know what to make of that, to be honest with you. I mean, part of me was worried that Clapp was benched and Easton was started because of how bad Clapp was filling in for, for Andres Pete and, and the saints brass maybe just decided, all right, well let's, let's give Easton a shot because it can't get any worse than what we just saw. But you know, maybe it's just that Will Clapp, you know, he played tackle and guard and center in college, and maybe the Saints just feel like when they're on game day and they, they need a, a reserve that they can kind of fill in at any spot, they like Will Clapp's versatility a little bit more. And Easton uh, whereas, cannot do that. He's a guard, period. Yeah, but if, but if you know, they know that one of their guards is out for the whole game, then Easton makes more sense at that one spot, so... I mean, that, that's a possible explanation, but, um, you know, I got to say he stepped in there and he looked like a starting quality player in the NFL. He he's almost did. just off of yesterday. He's almost worth the $4 million. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of surprised, man, because, you know, when you see Kiko Lonzo play more and he played more in this game and you see that acquisition kind of being decent and you see Nick Easton, I mean, those two both, just reeked of a uh, what's that what's that signing the saints had he was the raven and then he went to the browns and he was cut the saints picked him up what was that guy's name the defensive end yes yes it, this this was a paul kruger signing and it had all the trappings of 
being a Paul Kruger, Kruger type season. And Kiko Alonso is looking great. And Nick Easton's looking great all of a sudden. And this is after like both of them kind of not doing much all year. And is someone, uh, Saints Recline in the chat just said Loomis magic, but it, I mean, it's crazy. It feels like Mickey Loomis is hitting on all of these pickups. I mean, it's it, Kevin. I f- I fear that like the Saints, they their all their moves, all their cap shenanigans, all their trade ups, like it's working to an extent that it, sh- it, it realistically it should not work. I feel like they are on the verge of doing something so bonkers in a trade up that you may have a stroke, like they, because they 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 feel like. They're 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 infallible. Like it's just everything they yeah, touch. Right now they're walking on water. <laughs> are are you worried? Well, I just want to know, like, when when would that? Like, when when does the trade? Uh, like, when's the trade thing end? It no, it only it I only mean, ends when Ricky Loomis isn't the Saints GM anymore. That's when it ends. McCoy. They just <laughs> traded up for McCoy in this draft, and now he looks like Max Unger at center. It's freaking insane. They hit again. It's like it, it, Kevin, I'm telling you, if they win the Super Bowl and Drew Brees would retire and for some odd reason Teddy Bridgewater would leave, they would get extra fucking reckless in this quarterback draft, I think, to go get Burrow or Tua and it could not it, it might not be good for your health. I'm just throwing that out there although are uh, we back to uh are we back to marcus davenport as a bus camp oh we he's might be fall he's kind of falling off a little bit lately especially if he's got arm cancer uh all right we got questions from people this is from Allie, kevin which player on the current oh. roster would you most like to have a beer with hmm Alex that's a good question him. No, that's a good question. Cam Jordan. Yeah, that's a good answer. That's a good. That's a good answer because I feel like I feel like Cam Jordan. You could get a. You'd have to get quite quite a few beers in him, but I think once you got him lubricated up, he would have some really great stories, and he would say some really good slander against the NFL and the referees because he dressed as a referee for Halloween at a Pelicans game. Um, this is from Eric Andrew. We have eight. My, my pick is Demario Davis. Yeah, he would. I don't know that he would be. He would be really interesting because he's he's obviously he he's very worldly and he cares about a lot of things outside of football. He would be every very interesting, but I don't know that he would be um, the most fun to have a beer with. I think Cam Jordan would be the most. Willie Sneed, if he was on the roster, you know he would be fun, but. I have a yeah. feeling Josh Hill would be the scariest drunk. <laughs> offensive, I, I would think offensive linemen would be fun to have beers with. Tron, Tron Armstead would be great to have a beer with, I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, Morstead might be fun to have, you know? Like Morstead yeah. and Lutz, they could, they could trade... Uh, Kicking war. Drew, you know who would be really fun? Drew Brees, because I feel like Drew Brees probably hasn't had more than two beers in like 15 years. So I think you could get him shit faced really, really easily. 
and then me and Kevin could say could sell him cubic zirconium for like eight million dollars. <laughs> you know what? what? That's not a bad idea. You know, it'd be nice just to throw pay it off out my there. house. Just throwing it out there. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, uh, this is from Eric Andrew. We have eight thousand shitty receivers on the team. Can none of them return a punt to save Kamara's knees? Yeah. Um, well, I'm, Ralph, I'm surprised you didn't say Kiko Alonso that you would try to get him drunk so you could seduce him. But uh, <laughs> I mean, he's a good-looking <laughs> man. I'm not gonna but, lie. Uh, no, with punt returners, man, I, I've long said this: irresponsible to be playing Kamara. Or yeah, Kamara back there, and he he had a 27-yard return at one point and gave him good field position. So he also he, got he can, blasted. He, he got blasted. Yeah, I mean, he, he can do it, obviously, but. I just I don't like him taking those hits and it's fucking put to... old man Ginn back there and tell his ass that Jarris Bird punt return rules are in effect. If you fair catch it, if you don't, I'm gonna murder you. Like, why is this I hard? Just, I just remember Reggie Bush tearing his knee on the sideline yeah, on I a mean, punt return. I remember Brandon Cooks breaking his arm on a punt return, and we lost both of them for the year when that happened. And I have flashbacks to that and. Man, it would it would be disgusting to lose Kamara on a punt return. Kevin, this is a good question from Colin. Get back soon. Heal soon, Deontay. <laughs> that punt return that Kamara had at 27 yards, Deontay Harris would have run that thing back. It would have been like he would have shot out a cannon on that low line drive kick. This is from Colin, Kevin. Who's more likely to start at quarterback for Tampa next year? A, mach- a machine designed to throw interceptions or Jameis Winston? <laughs> I mean, is the machine gonna? I mean, well, no. Is the machine going into a grocery store and stealing seafood? Yes, it's the Crabinator twenty five hundred. Shit. Is the machine Uber and molesting its driver? No, no. The the computer, the computer, the 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 machine doesn't have that kind of. human interaction capability. Okay, maybe it doesn't have the interaction capability, but does the machine stand up in the middle of, let's say, a college square and shout F her in the P? <laughs> I forgot about that. It does. It does. Oh, it does. It does. It does. Huh. It does, does the computer eat W's? The computer does not eat W's. Because computers cannot eat. Huh. Tough one. Colin says yeah. it is a, it's a trick question. Jameis I would, take the is, I would take the machine. Colin says it's a trick question. Jameis is an interception throwing machine. <laughs> um is let's see. Oh, this is a good question for you, Kevin. This is from St. James. Is Jameis Winston so bad that if he assaults yet another woman, he'll actually be actually be held accountable for his crimes? <laughs> NFL we're talking about people do not get held accountable for anything unless you choose to kneel during the national anthem to protest police brutality. <laughs> That's that is a perfect answer. Um this is from Lotus Transport, Andrew. On third and seven or more, does Sean have the Gonzos to sub in Teddy? <laughs> what so he can check down so he can throw a screen pass? 
<laughs> I mean, what's the difference? I don't get it. I mean, just because Teddy could throw it deeper if he actually let it rip. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think sink or swim, it's Drew's, it's Drew's boat. He, here's a great question from Reichert. Does Jeff Duncan have a side hustle as a narc for the refs? <laughs> For people unaware that are listening to the podcast, either in the live stream or later, however you consume your podcast. By the way, give us five stars on iTunes. The reviews really help us, and I want to be top fifty just one time on Chartable. We've gotten to number. We've gotten to number seventy-four. We can get to top fifty. Do it for us. But Jeff Duncan was showing a play where on the fourth and one, that was a key play in the game. Uh, PJ Williams was lined up off sides, and uh, I tweeted, "I'm like." Okay, put that on the ledger. The Saints are only owed 75,000 more calls from the ref to make up for the NFC Championship debacle. Yeah, let, two things. Number one, let's say that he gets flagged for offsides. I hate to break it to you, Jeff, but the Saints are still winning the game. In case you forgot, they won by 17. They picked Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston was probably throwing his fifth interception on the next play. All right? That's the first thing. The second thing is uh, anytime you guys send us questions that insult Jeff Duncan, they're going to the front of the line. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even, you can't even see that's, Duncan. That's, that's a new podcast tradition. You, you've, been, you've been blocked for Jeff Duncan probably going on five years, huh? Yeah, but he unblocked me recently. Oh, wow. New, wow. Exactly. I'm working on getting blocked from Duncan. It's going to happen. I've been blocked by him for at least a year. Joanne asks, when will you learn to st- to look directly into your webcam on your morning TV hit? Well, Joanne, <laughs> it's a work in pr- it's a work in progress currently. I mean, I've got it down to where I don't blink like I'm sending out SOS messages uh to the world. Because I'm a captive, I, I got rid of that. I got rid of where I fidget with my glasses. Uh, so one, I've got that. So so probably by like middle but, but have twenty. You gotten the, have you gotten the cats to stop jumping on, yeah, on the counter some, while you're doing the show? It can if I can if I can wrangle them into the room. But like like this week, I got them wrangled into the room, so we didn't have that. But I, I would think probably by like mid twenty twenty next year, I'll have the thing where I know to look into the camera. Who? What was her name? Who asked the question again? Joanna. Look, Joanna, tell your favorite team's head coach to get his nipples under control, and then Ralph will think about looking in the game. <laughs> uh, and oh, by the way, Eric Polson just got a, a, a go watch the video. If they play Eric Polson's lead in before the interview started, he got a shot on me today. It was just brutal. I won't. I won't spoil it for you, but watch that. So, thanks everybody he went, for the. He, he went full less east on you. Yeah, <laughs> almost, almost, man, almost. So, let's let's uh, remind reminder to sign up for our podcast. It's amazing. It's only seven dollars a month. You get free swag. It's awesome, and we have cool merch at the store. Do it. So, the Saints, Kevin, they're hosting Carolina. If the Saints. Beat Carolina on Sunday and beat Atlanta Thursday in Atlanta on Thanksgiving night. They are your 2019 NFC South champions, and that'll be the third straight 
division title for the Saints. That's only happened one other time since the NFC South became a thing. Uh, Who did it? The Panthers? Carolina. Yeah. They they did it. Uh, it was they did the last of the three was their Super Bowl year. Uh, so Kevin, the Saints are surprisingly a nine and a half point favorite against the Carolina Whoa. Panthers and Kyle Allen, who's become a dumpster fire at quarterback. Who do you have in the game on Sunday? Uh, this is, uh, this is in New Orleans or Carolina. It is in New Orleans. 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock kickoff. Do we know what uniform the Saints are wearing? Ooh, that's a good question. We don't. Huh. Because you feel like if they wear the gold pants, they'll shit themselves? Uh... I, I I think it would be very close. I think it would be a nail biter. If they're in if they're in the all black ensemble, uh, I will say, fuck it. I'm gonna go insane. Forty two to seventeen. Oh man, oh man. Who's the MVP? I will say this: Bridgewater will get snaps. Wow. Hmm. Like oh, I picked all week with amphetamines. So, th- and oh, by the way, thanks to the Atlanta Falcons. Just to make it 28 to 3. Bryant knocks it through. Arthur Blank loving it. Up by 25. They are in the midst of saving Dan Quinn's job, Andrew. They housed the Panthers yesterday and are 3 and 7. Uh, but thanks to them, they helped the Saints. Probably clinch the NFC South maybe on Thanksgiving. So, Andrew, you are back to actually picking the game. You're not just doing your nonsense of picking against them because you think you have some magical power to uh, influence the game. So, who do you take in the game on Sunday? Yeah, nine and a half seems crazy. That is a lot of points. I mean, the Saints have been very good defensively. They stopped the run, and so... You would think slash hope that's a good matchup for the Saints because McCaffrey is – I mean, they're just so one-dimensional with him offensively. Um, but, you know, a lot of teams are good defensively and have had trouble stopping McCaffrey. He, he's he's kind of been like Michael Thomas this year. He really has. I mean, he, he has been unstoppable, and teams know it's coming, and they still are powerless against him. So that that's the one thing that's going to be interesting is – I feel like the Saints stopped the run. They know it's coming. Uh, are they going to be successful in stopping McCaffrey? And that's the big question for me. Because if they can, um, then I really think Carolina has no answer. And as good of a player as Luke Keekley is, I feel like Breeze has always had his number. I feel like Tampa and Atlanta over the years have been more successful at giving Sean Payton and Drew Brees problems than uh, when they've played against uh, – when they played against Carolina, I feel like Sean Payton knows exactly what to do. Breeze has Keekley's number. So I think maybe Carolina covers here because nine and a half feels like a lot. But I think the Saints will win by a touchdown. I think, you know, again, the Falcons thing was an aberration. I thought they were embarrassed. I thought they responded and played well against Tampa. And now they're coming back home. And I think it's important to them now to play well in front of their fans. Um, as a kind of a mea culpa for 
that shit show two weeks ago. So I think the Saints win. I think Carolina will make it more competitive than Tampa did. Um, but I like the Saints in this one. I'll say. I gotta barbecue uh, your ass in my last. 27-20. I'll say this. Uh, Carolina, Sunday is basically their season because they're 5-5 five and five and three games out in the South and three games out of the final wild card because the NFC is ridiculous and may, in fact, have the two wild card teams may be 11 and 12 wins. Um, so if Carolina loses, not only are they four out in the division, they're four out in the wild card. So th- this is like do or die for them. The Saints are going to get their best effort. Riverboat Ron Rivera is going to be pulling out all the stops, doing all the crazy stuff. Yeah, you know uh, a halfback pass is coming. Yeah, like th- th- it's like Carolina, they got to win, man. And, and I think they're going to give the Saints their best effort. Nine and a half is ridiculous. Like – the Saints, they're to the point where they could be favored over double digits over about five or six. Carolina is not a team the Saints should be favored double digits over. But the thing is, Vegas, even though the Saints gave them a hiccup and, and lost to Atlanta at home, and it was the biggest upset of the year in the NFL, Saints at home, Vegas takes a bath and people bet on them. So Vegas is going to set these lines ridiculous. Uh, I'm going to take the Saints... I want to take the Saints in a low-scoring one. I think they're going to have trouble. I think it's going to be 21-17, uh, and it's going to be messy, and Carolina's going to play really well, and their front seven is going to give the Saints a lot of trouble. Uh, but they're going to figure it out, and uh, the MVP of the game is going to be a guy who we managed to, in the hour, not really talk about what we probably should have. Demario Davis, he's been awesome all year. He was awesome yesterday. He had a great interception yesterday, but against Carolina, he's going to have a a scoop and score for a touchdown um, for the Saints. My, to my get... player of the game is P.J. Williams. <laughs> game ceiling interception for all you, for all you coward <sighs> P.J. Williams haters. Okay. Truth is gone haters. <laughs> Man, if that if that happens, Andrew, you can just crow and crow and crow on Twitter. Uh so everybody in the live chat, thanks for joining us. Thanks to everybody listening out there, however you consume your podcast. However you consume your podcast, rate, review us, subscribe, give us five stars. We need it. Make my dreams come true. Dave, we hope you feel better, guy. He had the death flu. He'll be back next week, I'm sure. So for Dave, who's sick in bed, for Kevin, for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Until next week, the bar is closed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.